What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 16 of Two Dudes with Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What to do, what to do. This is Jalen Prince. All right. So we appreciate you guys sitting with us through that longer episode last week. We really wanted to catch up with some of these schedule things, and we're going to keep that going this week. But before we get into that, we do want to talk a little bit about some of the things that have been going on. There's been a couple of headlines that have come out. Um, and honestly, man, let's just jump right into it if you're ready. Let's go. All right. So first of all, one of my favorite headlines to see kind of plays into the story. It's everybody talking about how Aaron Rodgers is like a, a diva almost. So for those who don't know, Aaron Rodgers over this past week actually called out uh, all the younger wide receivers, basically saying, uh, quote, the young guys, especially the young receivers, we've got to be way more consistent. A lot of drops, a lot of bad route decisions, running the wrong route. So we've got to get better in that area. And there were some people. Wait, who, that's what he said. That's what he said. That's the quote. <laughs> How the heck is this a bad thing? Thank you, thank you. I don't understand why everybody's so upset about this. There were some people who were, it, it, and it it goes a little bit back into the fact that everybody thinks Aaron Rodgers is a diva. Now I don't know about you, but um, he is, I but that one doesn't qualify. See, I. I agree and disagree with that. I was listening to an interview he did on the Pat McAfee show when he was starting to come more and more into it. And basically he's, he cool, about, he's cool on that show because he got his boy, I think AJ Hawks on there. He is, yeah. But I mean, the, the point he made was like, look, you know, I can't respond to everything. If I respond to every little thing that I say or do, I, I'm never going to be able to focus on football and something along oh. those lines. So he just says what he wants to say and he just deals with it. And I honestly feel like he gets a bit of a bad rep. He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. He's currently one of the best in the game, and I don't think there's any argument about that. And the fact that what he's saying about these receivers, if you go back and think about all the guys he's played with, you have Donald Driver, you have Greg Jennings, uh, Jones, I can't remember his first name, uh, Jordy Nelson, you have Devontae Adams, you have all these really just some of the best receivers to ever play the game, at least if you're my generation, and he's always had one of those go-to guys. So now he doesn't really – this is the first time he hasn't had a true number one receiver, and he's just trying to you know, coach the guys up without really necessarily calling them out. Apparently there was a meeting after that where they really talked about it, and I mean, I, I, I think it definitely rang true with a couple of these guys, but you know, we can get to that in a second. What do you think about this? I mean, do you think it's just, to me, slow news day? Um, he said nothing wrong. No. For one. He had, uh, like um, called him out right. I think the only issue is that that he took it to the media rather than keeping it private. And my, I have no issue with what he said because he didn't say anything wrong, like particularly. And no. so when you when you take that to an account, it's just like when you're a big name like Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people are going to take anything that you say out of proportion just to make some type of headline news. But really, that's just tough love as far as what he did. I don't think any other rookie receivers are going to take it any other way than just regular criticism and and use it to better themselves and be ready by season starts because everybody knows the situation in Green Bay when it comes to the receivers. There really is no real number one, you know. I don't see no problem with it, but I think the Packers got bigger issues that they that they really need to work on. They do. And one thing I remember seeing about this story later was how he actually they had a offensive skill positions meeting where there was a lot more said. And that was closed off to the public. The thing I respect about Aaron and what he did with this is he didn't call anybody out in particular. He was just saying the unit as a whole needs to be better, which is true. And that's a and that's a good thing. You br- you talk about the whole unit. You don't just call out one person. I get if he called out one person, then that scene is bad. But you call out a whole group, which is means whether they're doing good or not, you still got to do better. And if you're not doing good, you better start doing good. Exactly, especially because these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to play a game that we all know and love, and they're playing it at the highest level. They're supposed to be the best of the best. So basically, this came out, and there were reporters trying to say that. You know, Aaron was calling out Romeo Dobbs and he said, you know, not necessarily. No, like this is to the unit as a whole. You know, we need to be better because you have guys like, yeah, you have Sammy Watkins coming in. You have, you know, Randall Cobb, which, you know, Aaron already has that rapport with. But you have, you know, everybody else is pretty much new or kind of unproven talent 
or guys that are just kind of okay. They wouldn't be a wide receiver one on anybody else's depth chart. Guys like Alan Lazard. There's a lot of unproven talent on this roster. And the thing so, about Randall Cobb is he's already up there in age, so there's only so much that he can do. He's up there in age. He's been injury prone uh, these last couple of years. So, I mean, yeah, I, he's just trying to coach the guys up. I see nothing wrong with this. Anybody making a big deal on this is dumb. That's where I'm at. So, but speaking of Romeo Dobbs, one thing I want to touch on a little bit as well is some of the preseason standouts. Because apparently, I don't know what got into him, but Romeo Dobbs has been showing out in camp, especially after those comments. He's been catching everything. I know you saw that jump ball he caught, you know, the other day. Um, and, I mean, there's been a couple other camp standouts, too. I mean, have any caught your eye? Because I know I've got a couple that have caught mine in preseason standouts, too. Um, he's caught a lot of my attention. Um, George Pickens at the top of my list. Uh, oh, for sure. Like Pickens has showed out. Caught my, caught my attention. He's looked good. Although uh, Campbell lit him up over the weekend. True, but you know, still, still handle his business. <laughs> he did. Jordan Davis oh, has been looking great. He's been looking good along with the Kobe Dean. And you got an Alabama guy right there who's starting up a controversy in Washington. Brian, Brian Robinson. Brian, we'll we'll talk. We'll touch back on that one a little bit later as we talk mm-hmm. about the NFC East division. Oh, for sure. Um, but he stuck. He stuck that. He stuck out. And. Um, <laughs> Again, we'll, we'll talk more about this later on, but uh, Kevontae Turbin, the return man for the Dallas Cowboys, he stuck out. So Turbin looked really good. And then, I mean, even to, we'll touch on this a little bit later. I, I hate to keep pushing on this off, but Sam Howell looked really good in the limited action he had. He's been looking uh, real good. He's been looking good. And I, I, I was the lowest on him out of all the quarterbacks. So, I again, I'm prepared to eat my words. There's a reason I'm not an NFL scout, and I'm sitting at a desk <laughs> – talking in a podcast so i mean you also can't be right 100 percent of the time but how has been showing out i mean good for him i don't want him to fail i want him to keep succeeding i i think by the end of the year he'll surpass wins but we'll get into that later um but i mean those are just some of the camp standouts uh carl has looked pretty good too uh damian pierce has been looking really good we talked about that a little bit last episode damian pierce has looked really good and i think he's rb1 going into week one i think that'll be really cool to see so but i mean those are just some of the standouts for me uh, i'm sure there's a couple i'm missing and i'm sure all everybody's going to come for us on that but you know it's only we're looking at week one and half a week two as of recording this so by the time preseason's over we'll know a little bit more but uh, i think that's for everybody like once we get once we get done with preseason, once more news comes out, we should have everything figured out. And as recording this, there have been some cuts to these rosters already. But as of the next, not not this not this episode's release, but the next one, all the rosters should be pretty close to the fifty-three man roster. So there's going to be a lot of cuts coming. So, but more on that when that uh, we'll cross the bridge when we come to it. Now let's take a quick little pivot, actually, and let's talk a little bit about basketball. So, Jalen, I know one thing you and I have been pretty keen on is talk, and Dejounte Murray as well. Seeing some of these players come out to things like the Drew League, you know, the crossover, something like that, and then just playing with some of these, you know, everyday, you know, nine to five guys who happen to be pretty good at basketball, and just really doing it for the fans. And we probably had our biggest one yet happen a few days ago. Yeah, so a lot of the talk going back to our few episodes ago, we um we touched on Dejounte Murray, uh, the the newly acquired Atlanta Hawk guard. He talked about how a lot of NBA players, preferably stars, to go out and do pickup basketball leagues around local areas or just areas in which people are not able to actually go watch nba games and it's a good thing it's good for the community it's good for the brand to be able to go out there and give people an opportunity and not even charge them so lately going back to the crossover jamal jamal crawford uh just recently retired veteran uh six man of the year one of the greatest six men to ever play the game of basketball he tweeted out that he tweeted out that LeBron James is going was going to come out and play in one of the pickup games in the crossover. And it was free admission. So the day it was about to happen and I was about to watch this on YouTube and stuff, 
game got canceled due to some condensation on the court. But I'm not even going to get into that. I'm just going to talk about, like, as far as what it means. When you got guys like LeBron James, DeJounte Murray, Jason Tatum, uh, Paulo Bancaro, who's, who, you know, who's a rookie, to come out and be able to, like, just play pickup games, giving the fans what they want to see. Oh, and Chet Holgram, who uh, ended up hurting his ankle during that game. A lot of people got onto him, but, uh, who, but you know, whoever, whatever. When you got guys that are coming out, they're playing willingly basketball in front of those people and you're not hurt, it means a lot. But more so for the community than it is just a brand. It's good for the brand, but more so for the community. And that's a big thing, too. Like you mentioned how a lot of these people were, you know, able to see the game for free. Like if you look at uh, just looking at SeatGeek right now, which is not a sponsor. Don't expect an ad. That's not coming. Um, the average price of an NBA ticket just, you know, Across, looking at all games, all everything, the cheapest kind of NBA ticket is going to be around $100 a seat, specifically 94 but, I mean, there's going to be things that change. There's taxes, fees, all that fun stuff. So you're, you're $100 a ticket is, you know, some people can't afford that. So now you have these huge NBA stars, you know, LeBron, Tatum, Bancaro, DeJounte, all these other guys coming out here just to, you know, play for the fans. And, I mean, it, it's nice to see. I, I really want this trend to keep happening. And I'm glad that what they did with, you know, the crossover thing with there being conversation on the court, at that point, you're risking injury. I do hate that it got canceled, but I feel like it was for the right reasons. You know, the off chance that somebody does get hurt, you know, God forbid LeBron or Tatum or somebody, you know, goes up for a dunk and has a, a Paul George-esque uh, thing happen to him because the court's slick. You know, we, we don't need that. So, but I mean, I really am excited to see how the NBA offseason continues to evolve based on things like this. Because I think it only it, it's only good. As long as nobody gets hurt, it's only good. It is. And the more people keep doing this, especially, this is also good for guys like Ben Carroll to come out uh, and play like this. Especially play against, like, uh, NBA talent rather than just getting workouts to be able to play in this these type of environments. Now, he is... Now, I understand it's a high school gym. It's not going to be like a multi-million dollar arena um, jam-packed with a bunch of people. But, you know, to go back and like go back and be like a kid again where you're playing in front of a lot of people in general is good for the mental. Uh, it's a good for like it's good preparation because you are going to get a whole lot of hecklers and a whole lot of guys that's going to be in your face, especially when the NBA season starts. So. In another sense, this does prepare you for the season and helps you like work on other parts of your game. And, and plus, you're just having fun. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it both like both those things you said are true. Like, this is going to help you kind of get back to that environment. But like, what's going on as well is you know you're reminding yourself how much fun this game is. You know, you're just going out there and you're just messing around. You're having a good time. You're just doing crazy stuff. You know, and really just enjoying the game again, which I feel like is honestly good for you know some of these players' mental health too. You know, it kind of takes some of the strain off of it and reminds them why they, you know, one of the reasons why they do what they do. It's fun. Basketball's fun. And don't sleep on some of those gyms, man. I know you and me growing up in the Southeast with how big, you know, especially, you know, me growing up in Florida, I know how big high school football is. And high school basketball for us is pretty big, too. Some of these high school gyms will be packed out and there's some pretty hostile environments. They're, they're no NBA or college things, but they're still, they, they'll carry their own weight. Agreed. So let's pivot back to football a little bit. Um, you know, we're going to go back to what Jalen and I have been doing. Uh, he had the idea to do kind of this breakdown of the divisions and everything like that, and that's definitely something we want to keep doing. So I know, Jalen, you want to kick it off with the NFC East this time, and let's kick it off with everybody's favorite team, uh, and you're in my personal least favorite team. Uh, across all boards. Uh, Actually, it's everybody's favorite team to love and hate. But mainly love to hate. Love to hate. I'll give you that. The Dallas Cowboys. So per PFF, they have, as usual, as you guys know, or if you don't know, what we're going to do is we're going to give the PFF three bold predictions, give our own opinions on those, and then we're actually going to go into the schedule, uh, look at the predictions based on Sports Illustrated, and then see if they're going to hit the number that they predict uh, for wins and losses, if they're going to do better or they're going to do worse. And then we're also going to look at strength of schedule and potential sleeper games. So starting with the Dallas Cowboys, if you look at their three big predictions, and we're going to go one by one, uh, they say Dak is going to have his worst PFF grade since 2018. 
Jalen Tolbert will record 900 plus yards and Trayvon Diggs records fewer than half the interceptions, but a better PFF grade than last year. The last two of um, the last two I agree with. So you don't think Dak's going to have his worst grade since 2018? I think it's going to be about the same or like maybe a little, or maybe a little bit worse, but not worse, worse. I definitely think it's going to be a huge down year for him. Cause you got to remember, he's got to deal with a lot of missing pieces that he doesn't normally have. And I mean, no disrespect towards CD Lamb, but he can't do everything. And you have some guys who aren't super. And CD and CD still got some issues uh, with him catching the ball consistently. Yep, and you do have you got a couple of improving assets there uh, with James Washington. I'm sure James Washington's happy to kind of be back around that area as well, where he played a lot of college ball. Jalen Tolbert is going to be fun to watch this year. The thing that kind of gets me though is I I, I think Dak has his worst PFF grade since 2018. I think that's correct. I don't think Jalen Tolbert uh, hits 900 yards. I think he's going to get above 800, but less than 900. And I com- I halfway disagree with the last one. I think Trayvon Diggs does get uh, less than half the interceptions as he did last year. But I also think he has a worse PFF grade. I think Diggs is going to get exploited pretty badly this year. I'm watching it happen in camp uh, just based on – and, I mean, it is camp, so obviously going to show the highlights. Yeah, yeah. But okay. he did camp. get it. He did get exposed last year. I mean, to a certain degree. Look, Diggs, even going back to uh, his Bama days, dude's a gambler. He is and a gambler. I, I, and that's both a good thing and a bad thing. Bro's a gambler. He takes a lot of chances. but it, And there's a lot of the chances that he was able to take last year. He was able to secure that and for a lot of pick sixes and a lot of interceptions. Now, he continues to get better because – Last year, everybody was so fixated on the interceptions. Same thing with him. He he's always been a gambler like that. Even going back to his rookie year, he wasn't that good, like he wasn't great at covering, but he was better. Last year, he was better at covering. It's just like it titled in more interceptions. Now, did he lead the league in yards given? Yes, he did. Can he lower that down next year? I believe he can. I'm hoping not, but I believe he can only because he's with the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. But that's a different story for another day. That's but to at start the same headings. time, yeah. But at the same time, I don't see him getting a whole lot of interceptions because the team. You think about the teams that like he's gonna have to play their system. I don't think they travel a whole lot. I, I got. I didn't watch a lot of get Dallas because one is Dallas. But at the same time, if not if he travels, they might try him only because like they could put him on the best receiver. Mm-hmm. But. Only time will tell. I, I don't think he's going to like hit over. I don't think he's going to hit 11 or over in the interceptions. No, I mean, I, I definitely don't think he's going to let or I definitely don't think he's going to get 11 interceptions this year. And I don't think that he repeats. He's either going to stay the same in coverage or he's going to get worse. I don't think he gets better. I think he continues to get exposed. And now they just understand his speed. They have more tape on him and his gambling gets exploited a little bit more. Um, but that's just me. Now, if you look at their schedule, so right now the Cowboys are predicted to go 11-6. and six. They are looking at the 10th easiest schedule, and what do you think? Do you think they're going to hit the 11-6? and six? Do you think they're going to go better than 11-6? and six? Do you think they're going to do worse than 11-6? and six? I got them winning their division. Dak's still the best quarterback in that division. 11-6 uh, and six is accurate. And Which isn't saying a lot, though. It's not because it's the East. <laughs> That's not a not. They'll win, they'll win the division. They're going to the playoffs, then they're losing the first round, and I'll be happy laughing at Cowboys fans once again. The classic Cowboys recipe. Yeah. Um, I think they go, I think 10 and 7. I still think that's good enough to win the division, but I think it's going to be by a tiebreaker. Um, but I think they go 10 and 7. I think they just missed that 11 and 6 mark. And if you look at their games and continuing the reason why I think Diggs is going to get exploited, especially early on, he's got some difficult receivers to go against so tampa bay if he does travel he's going to have mike evans good luck jamar chase cincinnati week two giants i'll give you that uh commanders scary terry is back and rolling he's got the rams after you that Sam, you got kurt samuel on the other side that's true you got the rams after that philly uh with also, you got to take account. There's a few rookie receivers that he might have to go like uh, that. Will that he might not go against, but they could make some noise to the point that they would have to go against. Because I think Washington got uh, Jahad Dotson. Yep, Washington has Jahad Dotson. The only issue is they have Carson Wentz, uh, but we'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> 
not a Wentz fan if you couldn't tell. But if you look at the players that Diggs is going to have to cover if he does travel, he's got a lot of really good receivers he's going to have to go up against if he does travel and play that true lockdown corner role that I know Dallas wants him to be. Um, if he just plays aside, then, you know, obviously the teams are just going to try to either A, throw away from him, or if they think they can exploit him, attack him. But Tampa's going to take advantage of it. I mean, it's Tom and a nasty wide receiver core. Joey Burrow is going to do what he's been doing. Precisely. Uh, yeah. Washington is going to keep doing – or Washington will be interesting. Interesting, I think, with Terry coming back and then Jahan Dotson being Jahan, I think it'll be all right. Rams are going to – if Stafford's elbow can stay healthy, Rams are going to crush them. Eagles with A.J. in there is going to be nice. Detroit, I think, is going to sneak up on some people. They have no faith in the Bears. Uh, Green Bay, I think the wide receiver room is going to have it together by then. Vikings, I mean, it's Thielen and Justin. There's And Justin Jefferson's claiming to have a legendary season this year, which is going to be fun to watch. If Matt Ryan has it together, Colts are going to be a fun team to watch this year. Trevor looks great in the preseason so far, so I think the Jags are going to be a bit of a sleeper. Philly again with AJ and the Commanders again to end out the year. I don't see Diggs doing what he did last year. I think he has a lower PFF grade, and I think he has less interceptions. But that's a very convoluted way of me <laughs> trying to get my point across you got anything else you want to add i don't know let's move uh, on all right man so, sorry y'all for taking so long on that one let's get to the giants everybody's other least favorite team uh, <laughs> not a lot of love in the nfc east so Wish they say mm-hmm. so they say daniel jones will have a pff grade above 80 nope Kadarius tony will finish with a thousand yards plus if he stays healthy i agree no if he stays healthy, I agree. No. And then nobody generates 50-plus pressures or 10-plus sacks. Yeah. I give him that. No, 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 no. You said nobody generates uh, generates what? 50-plus pressures or 10-plus sacks. Thibodeau is going to be out potentially uh, past week one. He'll be back. He'll be Hopefully. back. But not, not even just him. I think you got to think. Uh, Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojolari. Leonard, Floor, uh, Leonard, Leonard Williams. Uh, yeah, somebody's going to get 10 plus sacks. Okay, we'll see. I disagree, but we'll see. I think Tony can definitely go over 1,000 yards if he stays healthy. Um, and but Daniel Are you James saying can... that because he's a Gator? No, I'm saying that because Tony, if he gets his hands to the ball, is electric. Whether he was a Gator or not, he could play for anybody. You could that like that man is electric on the field. I don't, with see, hands. I, I, I don't see. He had. I, 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 like, I like Brian Dayball, but. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is still the Giants, and the quarterback is still Daniel Jones. No, that's fair. And, I mean, I, this is no disrespect to – it, it is a little disrespect. Um, but the, the biggest thing with Tony is if Tony can stay healthy, like in the brief flashes he had last year, he looked great. The couple games that he played in, he had, you know, 100-plus yards receiving. He looked really, really good. I think he can – yeah, here it is. Against Dallas last season, he had 10 catches for 189 yards. If he has a full, healthy year – He's going to do that a couple times. I think he'll do just fine if he can stay healthy. And if Saquon can stay healthy, take a little bit of the pressure off Danny. They're pretty much the bulk of this team's success, and I mean this may be a bit of a blanket statement, the bulk of this team's success relies on the general health of their stars. That might be the most really kind of comment I've ever made, but I don't. there's no depth behind Daniel Jones. Tony can definitely hit the 1,000 yards if he can stay healthy. Saquon can take a lot of pressure off this team if he can stay healthy as well. If those big three, you mean if that line holds up? If that line holds up too, so we'll see. Um, I think they can do it. I think, yeah, Daniel Jones. I don't know about above eighty. I think he might get a 70, 75 at best. Tony could definitely break a thousand, and I dis, I hundred percent agree with the fact that nobody gets fifty plus pressures or ten plus sacks. So if we go into the record, they have a record of eight and nine as a prediction, and they have the easiest schedule in the NFL right now. They start off with the Titans, go to the Panthers, uh, obviously Cowboys, Commanders, and Eagles twice. Play the Vikings, the Colts, the Lions, Texans, Jags, Ravens, Packers, Bears, your Seahawks. So that's kind of the gist of the schedule right there. What do you think about their schedule or strength of schedule? You think they hit it? You think they miss it? What are you feeling? They're missing it. I think they'll what? be in the top five. They'll be in the top five in a lot, not lottery homes. Do you think you another top five pick? Yeah, they're gonna be a top five. So you think they drastically missed the eight and nine? They get they got to get a quarterback. That's true. I, I think like they're going to try to do everything they can to rebuild the offensive line, but Daniel Jones is just not that guy. He's I not got that him. Winning, dude. 
I got them winning six games. I'd be surprised. I think they can do six games. So, but we'll see how that goes. The NFC East is always a crapshoot, but I definitely think the Giants can win six games. Um, but I also don't think that's going to be enough to get them out of a top five or top ten pick. There's no way. So let's keep it with the NFC because we still got two more teams to do. Let's get into the Eagles, the one that everybody seems to be okay with. The Eagles win the NFC East. Okay. Miles Sanders makes the Pro Bowl. Okay. Nicobe Dean is the NFL's best rookie linebacker. Miles Sanders not making the Pro Bowl. Okay, but you agree with the other two? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm fifty fifty on that on that winning division because again my goal like my the saying is the best quarterback in the division majority wins the division. Mm-hmm. So Jalen Hurts isn't the best quarterback in that division. That'll be Dak Prescott. Uh, Jalen can improve. His biggest thing is going to be consistency, and I've said this even back when he was in Alabama. My biggest concerns, with, unlike Jalen Hurts, has been consistency. Yep. He's consistent and able to feed uh, Devontae Smith, be able to feed A.J. Brown, be able to feed Jalen Rager. Scratch that. Jalen Rager able to make catches. Got her, uh, too. Watts, unlike Watkins, make um, Watkins. Uh, feed Watkins, feed Goddard. Because he's going to have protection. He got yeah. a good offensive line. So it's on Jalen Hurts. They can win that division without a doubt, but mm-hmm. it's on Hurts. So I'm going to go Miles. I, I, I'm 50-50 with that when Miles Sanders not making a Pro Bowl and uh, N'Kobe Dean is going to be the best linebacker. I'm going to take back my earlier comment about the Cowboys winning the NFC East. I think the Eagles could definitely do it. Well, like there was an interesting stat. There hasn't been a back-to-back in- NFC East champion and so, quite some time. But those streaks are made to be broken. They can't last forever. I think the Eagles could definitely win the East. Um, they only got better this past offseason. If Miles Sanders can stay healthy, I think that he could definitely do it. I mean, I know he had a lot of injuries and was kind of injury prone. Uh, he recorded 770 yards on the ground. Um, however, he didn't get a rushing touchdown, but he averaged over five yards a carry. So if he can stay healthy, that O-line is still significant. I think they could definitely lock it down. And if Miles Sanders can take on and, you know, control and be that lead back, I think he can do it. I think he could make the Pro Bowl, um, but I'm going to go ahead and take a flyer on that one. I don't think he does. I think he just misses it. Um, But I do think the Eagles win the East, and I definitely agree with N'Kobe Dean being the best rookie linebacker this year. The fact that he fell to where he did was nuts. So that Eagles defense is going to be disgusting this year. Especially with those two rookies Potent- in there too. Poten- potentially. Potentially. If they live up to the potential of the draft type, that de- that defense is going to be gross. And I'm really looking forward to watching it. We shall so, see. I'm with you. We shall see. So Sports Illustrated has their record at 10-7. and seven. And if you look at their strength of schedule, the Eagles have the second easiest schedule. You think they make it? You think they miss it? You think they nailed it? I'm going over. I think they're going to get more. I think they'll get more than 10. I think they go 11-6. and six. I think they, yeah. so I think they go 11 and six. I think they, because I had Dallas going 10 and seven. I think the Eagles go 11 and six and win the East. Um, just because I think their offense is just, it, if Hurts can't succeed in this offense, it's time to get a new quarterback. There are too many weapons for excuses this year. So, barring any severe injuries, but that's where I'm at with it. Um, if you look at their schedule, Eagles, st- or uh, they open up with the Lions going to the Vikings, they have the Jaguars, they have the Cardinals, they have the Steelers, they have the Texans. I'm just looking at out-of-conference games. Obviously, you know, they're going to play the Commanders twice, Cowboys twice, Giants twice. Um, They have the Saints, the Bears, Packers, Colts, Texans, Steelers, Cardinals, Jags, Vikings, Lions. So all of their out-of-conference games aren't completely unwinnable. Titans, too. I don't know if I said them or not. So all of their out-of-conference games aren't unwinnable. I think they could definitely go 11 and six and I think they could definitely win the division. What about you? I'm with it. I think that around, I think October 30th is when Kenny Pickett starts. If he doesn't start by week one, cause he's currently outshining. Speaking of training camp standouts, I think Kenny Pickett is definitely outshining Trubisky. I think he'll be ready to start within the first five weeks. So, but that's where I'm at. You ready to hop onto the commanders and close at the NFC East? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So let's go over to the commanders. 
they say Jamin Davis will improve his PFF grade by 30-plus points. I don't know. We'll see. Um, they say that the defense will improve 10-plus positions. If Chase, Young's, if Chase Young comes back healthy, absolutely. It'll be fine. Washington sneaks into the playoffs. Uh, no. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I'll give Jamin Davis that. How did he do last year? Yeah, Jamin Davis last year, if you look at his PFF grade, had a 46.8 overall. It's really hard not to go up from there. I definitely think he can do that. I think he, I don't know if he can do 30, but I definitely think he can do it. Defense could definitely improve by 10 positions now that it's going to be healthy potentially. And there is absolutely no way that Washington sneaks into the playoffs. Not with Wentz mm-hmm. at the helm. Absolutely not with Wentz at the helm. I didn't think that Washington was going to be the easiest one we did. <laughs> I did. So they have the Commanders going eight and nine. And if you look at their NFL strength of schedule, they have the sixth easiest schedule. So I think that they drastically miss it. I think Washington has a top five pick. Uh, touch on Washington a little bit. I still can't figure out their identity per se. I really, well, outside of figuring out who the quarterback is, Wentz is starting, but like, I feel like this is Carson Wentz's last chance on that oh, one. Oh, for sure. The offensive line, they lost Brandon, uh, Brandon Sheriff, but like still pretty decent. Brian Robinson, I've I talked about this on an earlier show. He could take that RB1 spot. He's got he about take that too. But then again, if you think about it, the way the league is transitioning and how the value of the running back has dramatically declined, Brian Robinson, like Brian Robinson could get a lot of touches along with him and Antonio Gibson. They both can share a, a boatload of touches. Absolutely, but if Gibson keeps dropping the ball, he's going to get less and less carries. Defensively, they have an and they have an identity. They're going to be really good on defense, but offensively yep. is there's really no telling with that. No, and I mean as long as they stick with Wentz, I don't see them winning more than shoot five six games. Um, if they transition over to Sam Howell, I think they can get an extra maybe two or three. Um, I think they go seven and ten. They're not winning more than ten games this year. I think they have a top 10 pick, and that's just what they have to deal with. I think they bolster up the O-line, get some more weapons in the draft, and then try it again next year. I don't see them winning more than uh, – they're not winning more than 10 games. They're not winning more than eight. I think they go seven to 10. What about you? I can see six games. You see six games? Because they got the Jags, Lions, Titans, Bears, Packers, Colts, Vikings, Texans, Falcons, uh, Niners, Browns. Yeah, I mean, I, even all their out-of-conference games, I mean, uh, Washington outside of their defense isn't going to match up. Their offense is going to be an issue. We all know how good Wentz is when he goes into Jacksonville. Bring it, Colts fans. <laughs> I don't see I don't see him doing it. Yeah, I, I think I think Colts fans won't even deny you as far as like how they feel with Carson Wentz from that one. Oh, God, um, no. He, even Frank Wright came oh, yeah, out. Yeah, that's on me. I keep, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. You were Jazz fan. How did that slip my mind? I, it's late. I'm tired. I, I'm, I'm so tired. Not I still got, I'm thinking about the dinner that I'm about to cook. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is how you know my mind ain't completely in it right now. Hey, you're good, man. You're all good. Well, let's let's keep it going then. So, I mean, I'm with you. I don't want, There's no way Washington gets into the playoffs. I don't see him winning more than seven games. So, I see seven to ten. You see six and eleven. Um, I got him with a top ten pick next year. I know you do too. So, let's hop out of the NFC East. And go over to the NFC West. So let's look at the Rams to start it all out. So the Rams uh, are supposed to, A, have a better season this year than last year. Uh, Bobby Wagner comes back to an all-pro level. And Aaron Donald doubles the pressure output of any other Rams defender. Yes, yes, yes. Rams are going to do good. Uh, do I got them going back to the Super Bowl? I got them competing for it. They're going to be one of the top. They're going to be one of the tops. Yeah, that's a run. That's a run. I feel like another bowl prediction is as far as what is Cooper Cup going to do? Um, because now there's a lot of people in the league that knows what he can do. They knew what he could do years ago, but you're going into the second year with Matthew Staff, Matthew Stafford plus Matthew Stafford got an elbow. According to reports, he's been dealing with an elbow injury. So there's really not a lot of telling as far as they're not going to be as dominant. They are going to compete for a Super Bowl and to win the, NF- and like the NFC. Just got – just it's going to be competitive. That whole, that whole conference is going to be very competitive. 
Heck, their division is going to be competitive at least by like at least one team that I could count on. Oh, for sure. The only thing that makes this a little more interesting, so I definitely think Bobby Wagner has a bounce back year, and the Rams pretty much only did get better in the offseason. Yeah, they lost Robert Woods, but they got Allen Robinson. So, I mean, it, it's not like they really lost much. If anything, it's an upgrade, albeit Robinson is aging a little bit. So, as long as Stafford can stay healthy, I think the Rams are definitely a better team than last year. Now, I don't know what the record was off the top of my head, um, but Sports Illustrated has been going 11-6. and six. Uh, the only thing that will make this a little interesting is they do have the second strongest schedule in the league. Started out with the Bills, Falcons, Cardinals, uh, Niners, Cowboys, Panthers, Niners again, Buccaneers, Cardinals again, Saints, Chiefs, Seahawks, Raiders, Packers, Broncos, Chargers, Seahawks. That last stretch outside of the book in Seattle games is a gauntlet because they've got three of the AFC West teams. They're not – I'm going to be honest with you. The Rams are gonna. Uh, the Rams will beat Seattle twice. Okay, I'll give you that. I got them splitting with Arizona. I, I see the not. I see the Niners or the Cardinals caught losing one to Seattle. I got. I'll get them splitting with the Cardinals and the Niners. I think the Buccaneers. Um, I think they slip by them again. I think the Rams can go. Uh, I, I give them an extra game. I think the Rams can go twelve and five. I can see twelve and five. Yeah, I think they go 12-5. and five. I, Just that strength of schedule is the only thing that worries me. And that last little stretch where it's three out of their last five games are AFC West teams. Yeah. So that'll be – that. that's the gauntlet right there. Let's see. I'm thinking about them AFC West teams. Um, that battle for – that battle for L.A. That that one right there. That that's going to be fun. Good. That's going to be fun. I'm going to say the Chargers take that game. I'm going to say okay. the Chargers get that one. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if they're playing for a tie or not. And uh, <laughs> let's see, Rams and Chiefs. We remember the last time they met. Yeah, this is gonna be a fun game. Rams have a fun schedule, man. But yeah, that's where I'm at with the Rams. Um, let's bump on down to. Well, let's bump up the California coast. Go to the Niners. They say Trey Lance finishes in the top 15 for a PFF grade. The Niners lead the league in rushing. Of course, Drake Jackson earns the second best PFF pass rushing grade on the team. To a second. Second best. I can agree. If Bosa stays healthy, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. The first two I agree with. The second one, no. I'm gonna say Javon Kinlaw gets that second one. Kinlaw's been looking like a beast in camp this year too. That's gonna be interesting. And they still got Mark Armstead. Yep. If Bosa stays, that Niners defense is nasty. But I forget. Dog, I can't forget. Dog, like. The Niners have been up there as far as with their defense for the last few years, even going back to the Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis days. They've always been stacked at that. They've been consistent at that one. They just I, know, like, they've just been in positions where they'd be able to get elite defensive um, linemen. Yeah. I think it was going to be interesting this year. I think we see uh, – you remember Robert Griffin's rookie year yep. when Shanahan was the OC in uh, Washington? Not going to go that far. I think he can do it. No. I think he, he can do it. Here's the thing. Trey Lance will protect himself better than what RG3 did that rookie season. Well, of course, he's got more muscle year, on him, too. I watched every single RG3 game. I was hyped for that dude. I like He was fun to watch his rookie year back in 2012. But with Trey Lance, is he's going to play good. He's going to be really he's gonna be really good for what the Niners want to do, possibly in the most mobile quarterback that Kyle Shanahan's ever had. So there's oh, a lot of things sure. he's going to be able to utilize with that. But – well, RG3 did. RG3 came in with, you know, number two overall expectations. But nobody ever thought that Washington was going to win that division at that, oh. at that time. I no. never forget. His first game was in the Superdome, and he beat Drew Brees. With Trey Lance, I think he's going to show up. I don't think he's going to show up, but he's going to show up. I don't see RG3, but I, I, I get where you're going with that one. I'm not it's gonna gonna, go that I don't know if he'll match it, but I think it's going to remind us of it. We're definitely going to see flashes of it. Now, if you look at their schedule, they say the Niners are going to go 9-8. and eight. I, give them 10 and, I, I give them 10-7. I, I, I can see them getting 11. I, I got 10-7. and seven, and I, 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 I can see the Niners winning the West as much as I can see the, well, the Rams winning the West. I'm picking the Rams, but I can see the Niners winning. The only reason I'm hesitant is because, once again, they face that gauntlet 
in the AFC West. They have the Broncos on there. They have the Chargers on there. I think they beat. I think they, they have the Raiders. the Raiders on there. I think they beat the Raiders. It's gonna be. 49ers are going to be a fun – they're always a fun team to watch. I think they're going to be a really fun they're team in, to watch. They're interesting. They are fun, but they're also interesting as well because you're wondering how, like, how they're able to pull some stuff off. Yeah, I think they go 10-7. They're going to get They're going to get a lot of good wins off the AFC West, but it is what it is. My Here's my question with the, uh, with the Niners. When are we going to see George Kittle be, um, be, a top, um, be the best tight end in football again? Because – the year after he was he was the number one tight end that was voted on by the, by his peers and purely the number one tight end that year, uh, they went to the Super Bowl. He's been falling off. Now, the year after that, he got hurt, been dealing with some injuries. Last year, he was playing but didn't feel as dominant. Mm-hmm. So that's the question I'm trying to figure out. When are we going to see George Stone Cold, uh, Stone Cold Kittle? When are we going to see that? Hopefully this year, man. I think if he can stay healthy, that's when we'll see it. That's his biggest issue is staying on the field. Yep. Now let's hop on down to Arizona. Let's look at the three big predictions for the Cardinals. Number one, they will exceed their projected win total comfortably. Zayvon Collins will finish with a top 10 linebacker grade, and Rondell Moore gets 100 targets. Zayvon Collins is going to do his thing. Uh, Yep. You said Rondell Moore? Rondell Moore gets uh, gets 100 targets. I can agree with that. Because you got to remember, Hopkins is missing the first six run, games, and they run the ball heavy. Yeah, he's going to get enough targets by the time uh, Hopkins makes it back. Yep, but, I give him uh, hundred targets. They're going to throw the ball. They're able to run the ball with Kyler and James Conner, and I think no, they ain't got Edmonds no more. He's in Miami, but no. um, they are going to be able to run the ball, but they're going to throw it a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Kyler's going to depend on a lot of Hollywood and Rondale and Zach Ertz. I definitely can see Zach Ertz getting more catch and uh, getting the most catches on the team, but I, I think Rondo Moore is gonna. I think yeah, he'll get the targets. Rondo Moore definitely get his targets. I don't think they exceed. Do screen the passes pick. count as targets in RPO? Yeah, but yeah, okay, yeah, the, yeah, he definitely getting the targets, man. I see. Okay, here's the thing. Sports Illustrated has the Cardinals record at ten and seven. Now, the one thing you have to remember when you look at the Cardinals is every year that Kingsbury and Kyler have been there, they've been nine. Eight. Black. I'm going nine eight. Last year they went eleven and six. So you think this is the first year nine, that they eight. don't succeed? Nine eight, nine eight, nine eight, nine eight, nine eight. I don't know about nine eight, but I'm I'm nine, with you. Eight. I'm with you on the, the fact car. That- here's what here's what this feels like, me. You know how um the 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 Chargers found new ways to lose games. Yep. I think that's going to be the Cardinals this year. Oh, they're going something to sure. about the Cardinals. Give me that vibe, like. They're gonna find new ways to lose, and they're gonna they're gonna be the team that finds ways to lose a game. They're compete, they got talent, but something something about them going in this year, with all the distractions about Kyler's contract and the issue with Hop, I think they're gonna be that team. I give them ten and seven. I, I'll agree with the record. I give I, them ten I'm and going, seven. I'm going nine. I give them ten and seven. They get it cool, but like it's something about them, like. Yeah, yeah no, I hear you. I hear you. They they always find a way to do it. I'll, I'll give him seven. The, can Kyler take that step and keep it? He ain't got to be exceptional every game, but you gotta no. be able to keep like take that step and and don't like take a back step. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I I think ten and I, I think it's ten and seven's a fair one. I definitely think this is the first time they don't do better than last year. So but I here's another thing you gotta one. take account: they lost Chandler Jones. J.J. Watt is the only thing that they got. They did. Outside of that, like, inside linebackers, they're good. Who's rushing the passer on that team? Defense is taking a huge step back. That's the, my concern with that because you got to be able to get some stops. You're in, like, you got the Niners and you got the Rams in your division and you're playing the AFC West. So, yeah, and you're playing the AFC West. So, if you're not able to put up points on, like, almost every down, how are you going to get stops? Because – you're counting on JJ Watt to be uh defensive player of the year, JJ Watt, then you're not gonna get the result that you want to get. No, I mean, and, and that's no disrespect towards JJ Watt. I mean, nah, he's, he's just, just not the he's same just player he used to be. He's he not the same player that he used to be. No. He's still gonna make some he's still gonna make some noise. He's gonna be a good veteran presence in the locker room, but he ain't gonna be he's not gonna be that dominant one of the greatest uh, greatest defensive players of all time. No, and it's hard to it's it's impo- it's not impossible, but it's pretty close to make up for the loss of production you're getting by losing Chandler Jones. 
So, but let's hop on over to your favorite team. Let's hop on over to your Seahawks real quick before we close it out. So the big three predictions for Seattle, Bo Melton emerges as the clear number three target in this offense. Okay. The defense ranks bottom five in the league. Yes. The starting quarterback in the final weeks of the season is not currently on the roster. They're going to stick with Drew Locke till the cows come home. They're already hard-headed with that one. So let's see. I don't think Bo Melton's Bo Melton, the number three no, target. Dwayne Estridge or Freddie Swain. They're I think Swain. With, they're going to be consistent with that too. Yeah, I think it's going to be Swain. DK and Lockett are these, losing targets. These, these jokes. I love my Hawks. And a lot of people will think it's negativity and I'm bashing my team. I'm sorry. If you can't handle it, like if you can't handle the truth, just go ahead and say that. But again, I guess that's just my opinion. I'm I'm a tough love dude. My grandfather was on that on me, and I'm on that with everybody with everybody that I love. I'm gonna be honest with you, and I'm gonna tell the truth. My ain't, Seahawks are not going to be good. Ain't nothing wrong with little Russell, tough love. Week one, Monday Night Football, I'm going to be watching that with both pain, misery, and, like, gratefulness at the same time on that Monday. Russell's going to beat the crap out of us. DK's going to do his thing. He's going to get 1,000 yards. DK and Tyler are going to get a th- – DK's going to get 1,000 yards. Tyler's going to get 100-plus catches again. No offense going to do his thing. Fantasy-wise, you can count on DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and no offense. And maybe and maybe some uh, Kenneth Kenneth Walker, but outside of that, I ain't got no hope for this team. Not not with Pete Carroll up to him. No, nah, I think this might be Pete's last ride. Um, but no, I don't think Bo Melton is I not the number it. three. Yeah, Bo okay. is not the number three target. Defense, I, I'll agree. Defense is going to be bottom five because Bobby Wagner is hard to replace. Jordan then, Walker, look, Jordan Walker, he's been he's been improving since he's been drafted here. I was a little bit like surprised with that draft pick, uh, which is not the first time. Uh, but he's been a good upside. He's learned a lot from Bobby. He's gonna have to take that big step in the leadership role to be able to take over that defense to improve. I think he's gonna continue to improve and get better. But yeah, replacing a guy like Bobby Wagner, even though he wasn't the same guy, like he's you know, he's gotten up there in age. With a middle linebacker is the same thing. A middle linebacker, the interior linebacker position is just as close as the same thing as a wide receiver and an offensive lineman. They get better with age. Yep. Because they get more experience. They know how to work. They they know the schemes. Do, they learn they got, especially in the scheme fits good with them where they ain't got to do too much. You have, like, you have to rely on them to have a whole lot of athleticism. Yeah, you get to play to their strengths. Yep. Like Pazlesny was one of the better linebackers because that as a, as a true Mike, you need to be you are the quarterback of the defense. Yeah. You don't need to be the best player on the field, but you need to be able to get everybody in their position, recognize, diagnose the offense, and get your team in the best position to stop the team from advancing. So a good middle linebacker is very 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 hard to find. And you're right, honestly, that the veterans are tend to be the better ones just because they've seen everything. Yep. They know what they're doing. So I definitely agree. Defense is going to be the bottom five. Bo Melton is not the number three target of this offense. And you know what? I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to go with this. I don't think that the starting quarterback is on the roster currently because there is a chance that Garoppolo leaves because he still wants to trade. I don't know if they'll trade him within the division, but there's a chance. So it, it all depends on how awful those first seven games go. We're going to see a mixture of awful, and there's going to be a mixture of playing real good in the first half and the second half. Oh, my God. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> Let's look I'm at already speaker. mentally prepared for it. I'm already mentally prepared for it. I'm going to continue. This experience right now with my Seahawks is good training for me to continue to improve on my mental at handling disappointment. This is a good training. This is a good training mechanism for me. Welcome to life as a Jaguars fan, sir. I'm not. Bad. I'm not that bad. <laughs> All right, man. But well, let's look at their schedule before we close it out. Seahawks are predicted to go seven and ten. They have the eleventh strongest schedule in the league. What do you think? Five. You think we five? We need five. I think Seahawks have a top five pick this year. I think um, that's what I'm hoping for. Let's get 
five and stop them. I think they missed this drastically. Five. Well, we will steal some, like my Seahawks will steal some wins against the Cardinals and the Niners because it's divisional rivals. But, and we'll beat some teams that are a lot worse than us. And heck, if we lose to some teams worse than us, if that, if anything, and if that, and if that get like everybody looking at Pete Carroll a different way, so be it. But at the same time, five. Anything to get him out of there. So if you look at the Seahawks schedule for this year, Open at Pittsburgh. It's just, it, dog, it's just time. Sorry, that's preseason. My bad. It, 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 it's time to go. <laughs> it's time. Pete's got to go, man. I'm with you. It's Open. time. I get like if you're still winning and you adapt to like new age of football, but bruh. Honestly, man, I'm with you. I, I think five wins is five wins is it. Like I, I don't see him winning more games than that. Looking at their schedule. Like, it's going to be tough because they're not beating the Rams. They got to play them twice. They're not beating, you know, they're not beating the Chiefs. I don't see them beating the Niners twice. I don't see them beating the Cardinals more than, or I don't see them beating the Cardinals twice. I don't see them beating Tampa. They're not beating Vegas. Depending on the Jameis that shows up, they're not beating New Orleans. I think they could beat Atlanta because I don't think Atlanta's going to hit their stride by the time they're playing. They're not beating Denver. I, I don't see them. There, there's no way they win them more than five. Absolutely not. So, but that's where I'm at. I think Seahawks have a top five pick next year, if not top three. Uh, do I hope it? But I just, but, oh my Lord. <laughs> With the second overall pick of the 2023 NFL draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Bryce Young, University or of Alabama. Stroud. <laughs> or CJ Stroud. Or heck, all, who, or, or heck, another quarterback that comes out of nowhere that nobody thought was going to be in, up there with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, unlike going into the draft. Will maybe Levis? Spent, no. Maybe, spent, <laughs> maybe Spencer Rattler. We'll maybe see what Spencer, Rattler can maybe do. Maybe Spencer Rattler. We'll see what he can do. Yep. But all right, man. Let's go and wrap it up for the day. Uh, so thank you all again for listening to the episode. We really do appreciate it. If you liked it. Tell everybody you know, tell your friends, family, everybody, and please don't forget to comment and rate us five stars. Feed the algorithm gods, help drive us up those sports podcast charts, because there are so many of them, and we definitely want to get you know farther up that list. Uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you have anything you want to tell us, reach out to us on Facebook. We are uh, Two Dudes with Sports News on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at VG Goldman. Yeah, uh, you'll find me on Twitter at the Prince Boy 52. That is boy spelled with I. It's all lowercase, no space. The Prince Boy at the Prince Boy 52. If you follow us on there too, you'll also know whenever we release uh, the episode. You can share it with your friends. Let them know. Make it easier. If they tell you they don't listen to podcasts or that particular platform, we're on all of them. Everywhere, we're on all of them. There's no excuse. Oh. So if you liked it, great. Tell everyone you know. However, if you didn't like it, uh, I'm sorry. We cannot give you back the last hour of your life. We do appreciate your time. Uh, So again, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace.